A-M-I-R-Y-E. Sammy Rye here. It is the week of May 5th, 2022. Doctor Strange is coming out this weekend. Moon Knight finished. Um, what are some other cool things going on this week? Uh, 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 Chris Rock is awesome. I want to talk about Chris Rock. Uh, some of the recent things going on is reminding me of the legendary status of Chris Rock. I mean, obviously, there's the whole um, Will Smith situation. But really, what I what I think is a good thing that's come out of this is I think it's really got people looking back at Chris Rock. Besides the most recent thing that's going on with him, the last stand-up I saw with him was Tambourine, which was okay. It was decent. And I think at the time, I might have been around the time Trump was in office, and everybody was so political and talking about like more serious issues during the time. There was covid it was like, like a tense time period. Tambourine might have been recorded before COVID, but I feel like it was at least recorded around a presidential election. And it had some more like serious tones to it. Where I remember, like, for me, Chris Rock was huge when he did, like, Bigger and Blacker, I think was the stand-up comedy special he did. It was, like, monumental at the time. This would be, like, before streaming. Um, I remember at the time people said that, like, comedians only usually would try to record, like, one like big special and he had a really big special and then right after that he did a follow-up called never scared i think that was the whole concept he was addressing the fact that like he wasn't afraid that he couldn't like outdo his first special um so at the time he's like breaking barriers he's like trying to set like new records and stuff and now on netflix everyone has a thousand comedy specials right like that whole thing has changed but at the time he was he was innovating and he was one of the biggest if not the biggest comedians out at the time and then over time, things seem to quiet down. You know, just during my lifetime, I mean, how how long can he be on top, right? It's not a bad thing. He had his TV show, obviously. That was a huge success. But I just feel like Chris Rock kind of quietly, you know, went to the background. And now I feel like people are talking, like, it's cool. Like, people are talking more about Chris Rock, Chris Rock this, and bringing up his old jokes and stuff. So I think that's an awesome thing that's going on this week. On top of that, I haven't pre-ordered a movie ticket in forever like literally years i can't even remember that last time i pre-ordered a movie ticket i pre-ordered a ticket well i guess actually the last time it had it would have had to have been endgame right i think i pre-ordered endgame i know i ran to the theater by myself sat in a the theater by myself in between complete strangers um because i had to see it as soon as possible i wouldn't want to have any spoilers so i haven't been as hyped for anything as since endgame as I am for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which comes out, if you're listening to this on Thursday, technically comes out tomorrow or tonight at midnight, depending on when you're listening to this. So that's super cool. I'm going Saturday morning. I'm abandoning my family. I'm sneaking out the house where everyone's asleep. I'm going down to a theater and grabbing my seat between some complete strangers and watching Multiverse of Madness all week. I tried my best to stay off the internet. I'm not going to spoil anything here on the podcast. But it's just crazy now. Like, the movie isn't even out yet. And it's crazy that before the movie's out, you have to, like, like you have to not scroll. Like, I am always I always forget. I tried to stay off the internet. And I pick up my phone out of that nervous habit of just, like, you know, scrolling. I don't know if you call it a nervous habit. It's just, like, a habit, I guess. You pick up the phone. You start, I don't know, scrolling through one of your social media apps. And you come across a picture. Hopefully, it's something that's not a spoiler. It reminds you, I'm not supposed to be on my phone. You put your phone away, right? This is, I guess, if you're a Marvel fan. I don't know how everyone feels this way. Um, but I've already seen, like, three different things. I heard three different things that I didn't. I'm not sure if they're true. I hope they're not true. 
Um, or not, I don't hope they're not true. I just hope they won't spoil it for me. Like, let them be true. Let me see it in the movie. And I don't normally care that much about spoilers, honestly. I just feel like this movie is lining up so many cool storylines that we're going to get to enjoy. Um, again, this is when Marvel is on the top of its game. I just finished Moon Knight. And, you know, it's it's insane. I feel like they're playing, like, in, using like basketball terms, like they're playing strong on both ends of the court, right? On one end, your Multiverse of Madness, which might have cameos. It might tie into other stories. It's going to leverage all these other characters to really help this Doctor Strange movie be everything it can be, right? And hopefully make them a ton of money. Meanwhile, I'm watching Moon Knight, and I'm at the end of the season. I don't think this is much of a spoiler, but I'll just say it this way. It's its own show by itself. It doesn't really tie into anything Marvel. It doesn't, like, rely on Marvel. I'm not saying that it's not, like, it's not canon. I'm, co- I'm sure it is canon. I'm sure at some point they'll loop him into other stories. But it seemed like they were not afraid to not have to shove in another character to, like, tie him in and let you know that he belongs, like, in the Marvel Universe. I, I, I can't think of anything during the show... Oh, excuse me, sorry. Did they even mention... Where, um, <laughs> I don't know if they mentioned the Thanos snap. Like, maybe they do one of those lines. Like, oh, people got snapped from, th- maybe they do that. I don't know. But, like, there's, like, no other mention. And for all intents and purposes, Luke Cage did the same thing on Netflix. And that show isn't really considered canon. But uh, the Nick Cage, or Nick Cage, the Luke Cage show had a line, like, the first episode, where, like, somebody was, like, selling, like, bootleg copies of, like, cell phone footage from the attack on New York, is what they said. I don't know if they say the Avengers. I can't remember exactly. But we all knew what they were referencing. And it was a weird thing where I'm like, oh, is is Luke Cage... Is, like, is it a part of the, the MCU, like, movie-verse? Is, the, is Daredevil, Jessica Jones? It kind of... They kind of flirted with this little idea, like, yeah, we kind of are. But you never had to really answer for it. No characters, I, I don't believe, actually showed up. They really made it matter. Um, so I think when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came out, that was one where they were like, oh, this is going to matter. And I think Samuel Jackson showed up as Nick Fury, like on a second episode or something like that. Um, and I think it was only like one time, but that was like enough for them. Like, see, it mattered. So Moon, on the other hand, was like, no, no, we don't, we don't need to do that. I don't think they have any end credit scenes, um, for the most part, at least. I don't, I don't remember the other shows had an end credit scene at the end of every episode. I don't think they did either. But I saw an article basically talking about that, just talking about how Moon Knight is not trying to, like, ride on the coattails of anything else. And his character, which I thought was very basic, you know, the idea of him, I thought he was, like, a white Batman, like a Batman in a white suit, basically. By the time you get to the end of him, he's a complex character. He's very cool, has some unique style and themes to his powers, um, and good, good action, um, and good story, Oscar Isaac, you know, is acting his ass off the whole show, um, yeah, so really, really good show, and I think the only other thing I could think of, that I remember Black Panther, when, when that, that's another one, I thought he was Batman in the jungle, right, I'm like, when they first talked about Black Panther, what I knew from the comics, he had, like, a leather suit, or, like, a rubber suit, 
And he just like did karate. I don't remember him having a bunch of other things. From at least how I knew him uh, from the comics or the cartoons, I didn't know much about him. Maybe, maybe he did have other powers, but I didn't know. So when they said they were gonna do Black Panther, I was like, man, that doesn't sound like it's gonna be fun. It reminds me of um, the Phantom, uh, and you know, like that movie where the guys like in the jungle. And then Black Panther had all this cool stuff that made him way more complex than I thought he would be. And I don't know Moon Knight that well from recent comics, but he's way more complex than I thought he would be. And you're like, wow, like they can really elevate these characters and make them interesting in their own their own way. Um, it definitely ends up, you know, taking the story across the world more, which I thought Eternals tried to do. Like Eternals literally went all over the world, but it didn't really feel like a global story. Um, but I thought this shot, this show did a better job at making you feel like these are heroes and stuff that exist in other parts of the globe. Um, and how cool that would be. So definitely Moon Knight, another great addition to you know Marvel's ever-growing archive of shows. And um, yeah, I was talking to some friends about you know just the Marvel shows this week and just really how well they do at all the things that they do. I mean, I saw a list of like Marvel storylines that never paid off, and it was an okay list. They were definitely reaching on some of them. But there were some, you know, um, actual stories that never really went nowhere. And the reason I Googled this and even looked this up, because I was thinking of the Captain America, Sharon Carter love story from Civil War. Because I recently was watching Civil War. And I thought, oh, my God, remember this? Remember when Captain America seemed like he was going to get with Peggy Carter's niece? And how weird that was, even for me in the theaters. It, like, right from the door. Like, I can see why some people maybe would have walked in there and didn't care or didn't know or didn't realize. Um, but I don't know what that was about. I felt like there was even... I think I can't remember if it was Civil War, but I feel like there's another scene where they, they kind of flirt with the idea that maybe Black Widow might like Captain America. I feel like it was another one of the movies. I don't think it was Civil War. Uh, maybe Age of Ultron. I can't remember. But again, that didn't go anywhere. I'm like, I, I, I feel like Marvel, when we were thinking about hooking up... Captain America with somebody, and then ultimately they never did. Maybe they just wanted to do that. I don't know, but as a storyline in Marvel, I feel like most of their stories are pretty solid. His whole love thing didn't really go anywhere until it kind of did, and like at the end of it. And maybe that was the problem. Maybe they just didn't know how to show him and Peggy Carter throughout the movies. Or maybe he was always so busy doing other stuff he had to do, they didn't get to show you those stories. Or where that could have been. Ultimately, I think he had he's known for having a good love story because of Inf- and Infinity War and Endgame. I feel like um, I guess mainly Endgame. Um, people like think like, oh, that's a nice story, but it doesn't. Um, it doesn't. You don't. You don't see it much throughout the actual films. Instead, you see these very awkward other love stories. And I don't know Sharon Carter as a character at all. When she's on, um, I don't want to use spoilers. I guess but when she makes an appearance in Falcon Winter Soldier. Direction they went with her character, I did not understand. I didn't understand at all, especially based on, um, you know, the things you see in other movies. Again, I felt like maybe they don't know what they're doing with that character. Maybe now they have a good idea. Maybe that's what it is. But definitely a weird start to how that character worked out. Um, other things on that list, if you're interested, was just like characters that showed up that I think appeared as Easter eggs, and people were like, that never went anywhere. That character died really fast. I think those things are always intentional. I think they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we showed this character, but we're not going to commit to 10 years of stories with this character. Let's kill them off. So, like, I don't think that's like a storyline didn't go anywhere. I just don't think that they wanted to do anything with that character, and they just thought they'd be a decent cameo or something like that. 
Um, you know, that thing, that kind of stuff happens a lot in, in these kind of comic book things. Because there's so many characters that people want to see on TV or, on, and, you know, in live action. And it's just, it's just impossible to make them all have stories. But um, Multiverse of Madness, I didn't see the last trailer. We're two days away, so I'm not going to watch it. But I heard people talk about the last trailer and some things that may or may not be happening in it. And again, it's one of the situations where I just simply do not know. At this point, I don't want to guess. I don't want to wager. I don't want to get any false expectations. I feel like that's always the way to go into these movies. The last movie, which I think the spoiler, you know, it's not a spoiler anymore. Um, I think that this happened with me with was Spider-Man, right? With Spider-Man, when it was, you know, will it be Andrew Garfield, will it be Tobey Maguire going into it? I remember going to that theater saying, I don't care if no one shows up. I just want to see a good Spider-Man movie, right? I don't, I'm not here for just a gimmick, um, you know, because I feel like it had, at that point, people talked about it so much. Everyone had denied it so much. I was like, yeah, this is just a gimmick. There's probably no way this can live up to whatever expectation people have in their head. How is this even going to work? And boy, when they start showing up in that movie, uh, that story is so good. Like, it's, I, it's such, it's such a gimmick situation, but they wrote such a good story that justified the gimmick. That almost never happens. Um, yeah, so that was phenomenal. Even with the What If cartoon, I again thought, you know, as a kid, I loved those comics, but I didn't think as a TV show it would really be something interesting. And my God, the story ideas they come up with for What If and how they make it all matter and worth it um, are just amazing. I, I love as a, as a father when you've seen your kids grow up and they're watching like Backyardigans, which is one of my favorite kid shows to watch with my daughter. Um, you know, Wishing Poof on Amazon Prime. That was a surprising hit in our house, too. Uh, I love Wishing Poof, actually. First season. Second season, I don't know. that It changed. But, um, yeah, like, watching your kids watch is kid shows that kind of have a meeting and a moral story. And then watching my daughter watch the Doctor Strange episode and cry. She just cried her heart, her heart out. And she loves the episode. She's watched it several times. She cries several times. Seeing her get to that emotional maturity. Where now she's looking and being able to react to deeper story content. I love that I got that with What If. And I'm excited to see the X-Men cartoon. The 1997 cartoon I believe it is. Or 1990 cartoon come back. Um, I was watching a few episodes of that recently. And that show I think holds up pretty well. I'm excited to see how that comes back. I forgot that show is its like first multiverse. It crosses over with Spider-Man, which I believe crosses over with Iron Man, which I believe crosses over with Fantastic Four. I think they all had shows. And then finally, I think I think that's all four of them that cross over. I'm not a thousand percent sure. But I know that toy lines came out. You could buy your toys back then. They kind of all were made to be like similar looking. My friend Louie, he had a he had like all the action figures and they were awesome. Um, and they touched on a lot of the stories from the comics and they would change a few things from the comics. And the funny thing is back then, these would be I hung out with who who more like their roots were in comics. It was always like, oh, the cartoons aren't real, even though I thought the cartoons a lot of times were better. I thought there were improvements on the comic book stories. And they're like, no, the comics are real. And now when you look at the MCU, maybe for the first three or four years, five years, it seemed like the comics were still, people were still saying like, no, the comics are the real thing. These movies are different. At this point, they wrote such a long, cohesive story involving so many characters. It's done so well. I feel like at this point, people are like, yeah, the movies are the thing. 
And comics are like interesting other stories if you're just jonesing every week. Like I, I don't personally follow the comics. I like like I Wikipedia them sometimes, or I watch like a YouTuber talk about the comics, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like hearing these other stories and these other ideas. A lot of the stories are really, really bad. I, I think it's because they have to do stories so often. They don't have time, and they kind of just really go all over the place. But man, some of the stories are just ridiculous. Um, and and one of the ones I liked the most that was super ridiculous, but I still liked it was um Batman Dark Metal. Batman Dark Metal gets into this like alternative universe that's dark. It's like an evil like everything goes wrong in these universes. They actually came up with the idea like if you have the whole multiverse, what if there was like a whole other side of the coin to that? Like a multiverse that was almost a reflection of every multiverse we already know, but all the worst scenarios always happen on this side. And I think there's a god of all those multiverses. But at the end of the day, they were able to create all these really cool dark characters that were like parodies of all the actual characters. I think DC does that the best. I think DC's like Lantern Corps. So you get to see like every single person with a Green Lantern ring and what would happen. I think those are pretty cool. Um, I feel like um, and then I think they did, a, they did a zombie version of that, right, with the black rings. Um, and then when you have like, you know, five Superman characters, a bunch of Batman characters, they're really good at making like variations of those, like those pillars on, in like the, the hero community, right? Like everyone kind of can be offshoots. I think they end up being, you know, for the most part, pretty interesting. Sometimes it's redundant. Like I, like Aqualad doesn't work for me. A red arrow. I don't think he's that cool. Um, but you know, those are, I think more exceptions. I think overall, they able to come up with a lot of like offshoots of characters, um, whereas Marvel I think has a lot more original characters. At least they seem original the way they package them. Like Moon Knight, for example, I think maybe at first in the comics, he was just a, a knockoff Batman, but when he's in a TV show, he's a whole new thing. He's a, a he maybe is an amalgamation of a few things, but yeah, definitely something that's unique to to see play out in the screen. Um, those are, I think, mainly the big things I think going on in movies this week that I'm interested in. Me on my own, my own personal note, I'm I'm doing a lot of writing right now. I'm working on some screenplays, like which I haven't done in a while. I haven't really been inspired to write a screenplay in a while. Um, but I got some ideas for some other stories. I'm hoping to shop. I guess maybe at the end of the year. Um, I don't know. Getting to that weird point, I guess let's talk about being like gun shy, right? Like I'm at that point now. Where it's like, okay, you know, do you quit your job? Do you just go out there and just do it? Do you show everybody what you did? Now, like, are you going to do it? And I don't think necessarily I'm really that worried about it myself. It's just a blank unknown. It's difficult to be, I think, really be too worried about it. I guess maybe at some point, they're like, you, I can see why someone would have anxiety to that. I don't necessarily feel that personally myself. And I'm not saying I'm better don't people or anything like that. I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I mean, I just think it's hard for me to, I think I've reached a point in my life where it's hard for me to really care about like, what if it doesn't work? Because I think so much of life already doesn't work. I think if you're any human out there, you're probably constantly dealing with situations that don't work, right? You're trying to make it work. You're trying to just get through it. So why not do it while you're pursuing your actual dream and chasing your passion, right? If you can somehow afford to do it and not like be homeless or whatever, um, why not do it? But I'm definitely looking down a long road, a lot, a lot of stuff I want to get done 
and really kind of focusing on what it is. So my personal tip, you know, I'm, I'm or my personal tip, but like my personal adding to it, I'm working on a screenplay right now, and um, and doing some other things with some friends. But that's that's something that I think you know it makes me think of some other great artists I see right now. If you guys don't follow them, there's an artist called Boss Logic. You can just Google him, Boss Logic. Um, there's some really really cool artwork. I love following these kind of artists because, like, I feel like Boss Logic at this point is somebody who's, like, famous on the internet, kind of. I don't know if he's gotten a chance to do any actual studio work or work with any major companies. I feel like he must have by now. But he's kind of, like, just famous on the internet. Or at least, to me, it seems like he's just famous on the internet. He makes great pictures that are so good. Like, every time he makes a picture, they go viral. And he deserves it because I think I've been following Boss Logic on and off for, like, 10 years. Um, I think the first big picture that, that went viral for him, he drew, like, Buzz Lightyear. But, like, it was a real person. And they're, like, in space, like, on a space shuttle, I think, seeing, like, the light from, like, the sun hitting their face. And it was a really cool picture this is before, like, now they got Lightyear, right? They got the Buzz Lightyear movie coming out where they're actually, it's not about the toy. It's about who the toy's based off of, the character Buzz Lightyear in the in a, some kind of cartoon. They're actually going to make that cartoon, and it looks much more mature and more grown up than I thought it would be. Not super grown up, but not all cartoony how I pictured him when, when they were, like, representing him in the show or, you know, the Toy Story movies. I think Lightyear looks amazing, but I, I think back to Boss Logic... I'm like, I don't know if anyone's seen the picture or they cared, but I feel like that video, that picture went viral and he looks like a, a human. It's like Buzz Lightyear as, as a human with the space gear on that kind of you see being represented in the toy. He did that picture like 10 years ago. So I don't know if, if the studio ever saw that and thought, hey, why don't we do a more like serious Buzz Lightyear movie? Um, I mean, he technically can have his whole universe, right? And there's there's not a lot of characters like that. It reminds me of The Last Starfighter. Like, we all know Star Wars. And that, like, kind of for some reason became, like, the de facto idea about space. And I remember The Last Starfighter was interesting because it was like Star Wars, but it wasn't Star Wars. It was another movie about someone who goes into space and it's, it's its own original story about space. It had its own aliens, its own rules, its own planets. I don't feel like there was a lot of other movies ever made about a character that goes to space and then like there's a whole world out there, right? That character deals with and has its own problems. Um, obviously, the another thing that comes to mind is Guardians of the Galaxy, which is inside like the Marvel Universe. They go to space. And that was one of the first times. I remember that being cool, like seeing them go to like nowhere, which is a planet or a city built inside the head of a dead god, dead celestial. Um, they they took his his head was floating through space and. People moved in to mine his, like, organs and all this stuff. that's super, like, rare and expensive stuff that's inside his head. And they ended up making this, like, villain city inside of his head. That was, again, very different than Star Wars, right? So I thought that was super cool seeing stuff like that in Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but that's, like, three movies in my whole lifetime, right? I'm in, like, my 30s. So, so I'm like, that's The Last Starfighter, Star Wars, obviously, for the whole my whole lifetime being everywhere. And then I guess Guardians in like my early 30s. I don't, I mean, late 20s. Not much else I can think of. These not notable movies where someone goes into space and they have their own kind of story. Um, yeah, so I think Lightyear looks cool in that way. Where now I'm wondering like, well, what happens when he's in space? Like, what, are there police up there? Who's the bad guy? What are the planets like? What do they look like? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a definition of it. 
Um, yeah, it's the only other thing I could think of like that. I guess that kind of leads me into No Man's Sky, which is a video game I haven't talked about on the podcast in a while. But they're currently, there's three weeks left in the event. It took me about two days for me to do the event. So if you're interested, you definitely can do it. If you don't own No Man's Sky, if you watch a trailer or anything, or you're interested at all from like the concept of being in space and discovering planets and like building your own bases or it's kind of like a survival game, but you're in space. It's a little arcadey. It's not like super hardcore or anything like that. It's easier than Ark. It's easier than a lot of games out there. There is a permadeath mode. So, I mean, like, that's the thing that's good about it is like five different modes I think you can play. So there's something in there for everybody. There's like infinite building mode where everything's free and you can build whatever you want. If you just want to build stuff in space and discover new planets. Um, then there's like the actual main game that has like a little bit of a light story. And it's kind of a mystery, and you're kind of, you know, getting resources and trying to make your way through the universe. Um, then there's the permadeath mode, where, like, it's, it's serious. You're, you're playing, and if you die once, you're dead forever. Um, you got to restart your character. Your character gets deleted. And I think next is the multiplayer online, where you can play with your friends. And then finally is the expeditions mode, which is the main thing I want to talk about. So they do, like, Fortnite seasons, but... Their seasons last about, I think, six weeks. This one I know is about three weeks left. And they're free. They don't cost you anything if you have the game. All you got to do is play. And the, the, they're cool because they tell you to start a new character. And they make your character start in a situation. They'll be somewhere in the universe. They may or may not have certain items. And the planet they are on may have a certain problem going on. And there's a certain quest where there's at least four planets you have to go to. But on the but how you get there and what you know what you do to get there is largely up to you. They may have some restrictions to kind of force you into a certain play style. Like one time it was about building cities, the other time it was about like surviving against bugs. Um, you know, they have these little games kind of. But I think that actually adds a lot of replay value to the game. Cause I like this weekend I went and hopped in, made a brand new character. I have a character that's probably a hundred hours old, but I didn't have to play that character. I mean a brand new character. And when you beat the the mission, it unlocks things that all your characters can use. So I can go into any of my characters. You go to a certain place in the game. There's a person there. And he like synthesizes the item for you. And if it's on your account, like anyone can use the item. And that to me is really cool because I don't have a PS5 yet or a next-gen system. But I like the idea that when I go over to the next-gen, this is one of those games that you can bring over some of your achievements and stuff. Some of that time you spent you know, playing it on your current system will actually pay off and you'll have some cool items on the next system. And one thing I always like and cool about that is not only do the items look cool, but I do like it when you get to be in a game, you meet new gamers, and you got some like OG items and some things that you did that they can't get their hands on. Because you earned those things. You were there at another time supporting the game. I think those things are cool. Even when I don't have them. Like if I'm playing like another game. Like I booted up For, for Honor. Because I have a friend who plays For Honor. So I thought I'm going to turn this on. You know see what is going on in here. And there's all these cosmetic items you can buy in For Honor now. Which I didn't realize they were doing that. In that game. When I was playing it was pretty straightforward. You just fought you know Samurai versus Viking. Who, who's going to win. Um, but now they have all these cosmetic items and things, the season pass or whatever, and they have this event now going on a For Honor, I think also for a few more weeks, where Assassin's Creed characters are in the game, and I think you can then unlock Assassin-themed outfits for your characters, which really fits, because like, like in the Assassin's Creed lore, they train assassins throughout history. So if you happen to be a part of a culture where there's a Viking, then... You'd be assassin and you would fight like a Viking because you're in a Viking culture. 
Um, but overall, being a part of the assassin organization is like what bind what binds you. So since in the game for Honored, you play as all these different cultures. I think the Honored franchise technically takes place in the future, but in this version of reality, like technology never really gets involved. They kind of always stay medieval. So everyone's still like samurais and stuff, but this is like samurais. I think technically thousands of years into an alternative future. So I did do that too because like anybody can be a samurai. People of all cultures, all genders, um, for all the different classes. And so it's all the kids can create characters, and no one feels left out, which I think is really cool. Um, and the story I think to that is unique. But then you know, Assassin's Creed technically would exist, right? You, if that's a medieval kind of thing, you could you know theorize that. You could have an Assassin's Creed guild that would somehow live into this this future. So I think that was a cool crossover that Ubisoft did with themselves because they make Assassin's Creed and they make For Honored. Um, but that's something that's live right now. And really, so even looking at that, there's just so many things to do in entertainment. It's ridiculous. Like I, I was, I've played like one match of For Honored. I wasn't any good at it. And then I can't even... It's May 4th, so Star Wars is invading Fortnite. Um, so I hopped over to that and tried to play that for a little bit and do a few quests. There was uh, about a day worth of quests that me and my daughter did to unlock like a Star Wars banner for free, whatever. But what's cool was they put Star Wars items in the game, like lightsabers and guns. So like my, my daughter had this awesome moment where, um, I was telling her like, to hide behind a wall and stay in a certain place because they thought there was a person around the base that we were at. And um, she had the lightsaber. So, like, up close, that thing, two or three hits, you're dead. Um, and, you know, I was, I was talking to her and strategizing with her. And I was backing her up with my shotgun. And the person came in the room. Sure enough, had no idea we were there. As soon as they walked into the room, this girl sitting there with a lightsaber, my daughter. And she starts slicing away. And they start panicking. I think I might have shot her with a shotgun or she might have killed him by herself. But it's such a great plan. And watching me and my six-year-old execute it was super fun. I'm going to do a quick break for the commercial break. I feel like I still have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, but mainly this week, we're just going to run down some really cool things going on in entertainment. Um, I already talked about some of the things that I'm doing. And I don't feel like getting into a bunch of that right now. Um, but yeah, hopefully you guys are having a good time. And when we get back, we're going to keep it rolling with another one of those podcasts with Samurai. And we're back with part two of that podcast with Sammy Rye for the week of May 4th. May the 4th be with you is what every single person keeps saying. And what I honestly felt like was kind of like a weird internet joke a few years ago is starting to like really be talked about by like everyone as if it's a holiday, which is kind of odd to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, Obi-Wan trailer dropped today. I'm not watching it. Um, I do think the Obi-Wan show will be good. I'm hoping it will be as good as the other stuff. Um... I don't know. I don't know. Star Wars, I feel like, is not a, a bankable brand at this point. I'm not. I'm always worried about them. Uh, the Mandalorian is perfect. Um, I still haven't actually watched Boba Fett. And it's a shame, man. As a kid, the lore, the allure and mystery of, like, a space bounty hunter. Again, there's not enough stories to take place in space, right? So, like, Star Wars is mainly a Jedi story. So, like... As a kid, the idea of a bounty hunter in space was cool, but you never really got to see it. I played games where you could be a bounty hunter in space, Star Wars games, and they would really flesh out the experience, and it was it was awesome. Like I remember this game I played called Star Wars Galaxies that was cool, where you could actually be on the video game and be on a planet, and you would like have a droid that would look for your target, right? You would get a contract to go hunt someone. And this probe droid would leave your character and go into what they would consider to be space. And then, like, in real time, like, five minutes later, ten minutes later, something like that, 
it would come back and tell you what planet that person was most likely on. So then you would go to that planet. You had to send out another droid again that would then scan specifically that planet. I think you even put out like two or three droids. And it would go out looking on the planet and give you like a general area where the person was. So then you had to actually get there. And they might not move by the time you got there, right? But it's just, it wouldn't say exactly where they were at. It was a general area. And you had to really look around to find this person. If you did, if you could kill them or capture them some kind of way, you would get paid your bounty. It was so cool. It was the idea of like really hunting a real person. And in that situation, you're hunting real people. It wasn't like an NPC character in the game. Um, very, very cool stuff. But watch, none of this is represented in the movies at all. So now the Boba Fett has a show. I think what I was disappointed about looking at it, just why I seem, I have no idea what the show is about. It just seemed like this would be him kind of being more of a kingpin kind of character, kind of being like the new Jabba. And I was like, I want to see him go out and be a bounty hunter, trying to get by and make money. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens on the show. I need to watch it, but... I'm dragging my feet. I've heard it's good, but Star Wars is always hard to understand that way because a lot of Star Wars fans just say it's good because of Star Wars. So I hate sitting down and watching Star Wars stuff that I don't think is actually that great. Um, so I, I'm ashamed. I I, I want to watch Book of Boba Fat, but I've been hurt so many times by Star Wars where I honestly don't know if I can go that way with them. Um, but when Obi-Wan comes out, maybe then I'll feel the need to watch Boba Fat. And when Obi-Wan's done, I'll try to binge it or something like that. I hate watching shows week to week. I did do that with Moon Knight, um, but it was really good. I enjoyed it the whole time, so I don't know. Maybe Obi-Wan's good. I don't know. It's I'm, I'm completely shaky on that whole thing still Disney's doing with their Star Wars properties. I don't even know if they really know what they're doing. I think it's weird that all the actors who were in the, the more newer Star Wars movies, I guess you would call them Episode 7, 8, and 9, like, they don't talk about Star Wars anymore, as if, like, none of them work there anymore. And I guess they technically don't, like, all their contracts ended, which I think is in, is weird because you look at Marvel, like, those guys forever work there, right? I've, I see, keep seeing Tom Holland's trailer for Uncharted, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, an adventure story when Spider-Man isn't Spider-Man. Like, he's, like, he's hanging out with his, like, his uncle or something. Um, because Tom Holland's always Spider-Man, right? And it seems like he wants to always be Spider-Man. Hopefully, he always wants to be Spider-Man. And um and these guys are in these long term contracts and they really represent. I feel like Star Wars especially was like really beholden to like you know Mark Hamill, um you know and the the other older actors like uh, Harrison Ford, um you know showing them off and keeping them in the films, in the new films like oh man these actors are such a big deal. So then you have these younger actors now. It seems like you sign younger actors, you go younger actors, so you can build with them, and they can be around for the next 20 years of your films. And now that those films have stopped, they're completely gone, as if they don't want anything to do with it. I don't know if that's Disney not wanting to do anything with them or them not wanting to do it. I know some of them weren't so crazy about it, um, their experiences and stuff like that. But it's it's odd and then watching, like, looking in the Star Wars store today, like, you can get Kylo Ren. There's a skin you can buy. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but, like, are we ever going to see Kylo Ren again? Like, like the, the, the actor, Adam Driver, he's still alive. He's still out here. Why isn't there? Why isn't Kylo Ren showing up in The Mandalorian? Why isn't he showing up in other things? He's like to do in Marvel. And they're not doing that, you know, over Star Wars. So that is it's disappointing, I guess, you know, because I, I enjoy that kind of level of storytelling. I enjoy Fast and Furious, which is the only other franchise, I think, that even attempts to, you know, do crossovers and stuff. And the odd thing over there was I heard the director from um, the new Fast and Furious, um, he, he quit. 
He quit supposedly for a falling out with him and Vin Diesel. And that's a shame. Looking him up, he's directed about four of them. So he's obviously worked with Vin Diesel before. Um, and then now it's all rumors. You never know what the issue is and what's going on over there. I think this was supposed to be the last Fast and the Furious. I definitely feel like at this point, they got to wrap it up. Um, if, if things are falling apart or whatever, just get one more in, go to the bank, and let it stop. I like those movies, um, but I think that at this point, that that company or that you know universal they should have like i would i would if i was them i'd be doing a street racing street racing version of the movie lower budget right but just kind of focus on all the cool things people like from fast one and then the other one keep doing like the international spy um you know bank robbing kind of movies and that one can be the bigger budget one bring in some new actors you know i don't know someone's cousin or something like that or get into some kind of new situation um, maybe they start a, a whole government program of street racers because they need it. Who cares, right? Just come up with a story. Keep making those movies. But I don't know if that cast can keep doing it. They've been doing it for a really long time. Even the Marvel movies, they hand this stuff off to other actors. Other people come in, and it seems like the Fast and the Furious franchise has really stuck around just the main family. Um, and I know The Rock and um, Jason Statham had their movie, but I don't see them making those movies over and over again. It just feels like it's not going to spread fast enough. And it, I don't know if it's going to stop or maybe they need to take a few years off to cool it down and then come back with new people. I don't know. But I like cars. I like car movies. I think everyone likes car movies. You know, before Fast and the Furious, there was Gone in 60 Seconds with Nicolas Cage. There was The Italian Job with Mark Wahlberg. People like car movies. I feel like the Fast franchise is kind of dominates that whole genre. And they have lots of different types of car movies. So why not keep doing that? Don't give it up. But um, it's a shame that they're having some more difficulties over there. And um, hopefully they can figure it out, that whole situation. Hopefully the movie will be great. So, I don't know. We'll see. At the end of the day, I, I do think, though, that, that they need to wrap up that franchise. And, you know, expand it and do it in some other kind of way. It, it is hard. Like, Tokyo Drift shows, you can't just get any actor. Like, you got to go get some actors, some other maybe celebrities that are relevant, that matter, that want to do some acting. I definitely think there's some actors out there, some, some you know, hip-hop artists and stuff that have acting abilities. Give them a chance. Bring them in. Do some fun with it, right? Go into a different direction. Shake it up. As long as you're doing all the great action and you have some kind of solid story there, people will be excited about it. But I don't know. I like, obviously, the main cast, but apparently they're having issues. So hopefully they can figure out what's going on over there. You know, and looking up online... Um, to see about some other things going on in entertainment. I like to stretch myself out there and see if there's things I'm not covering or things I'm not really talking about. Um, mainly in art and business. The other thing I want to talk about in art and business is Elder Scrolls Online. I'm going to come back to that too. Just the art side of that whole thing. But it's a lot of negativity that gets pumped out into the internet when it comes to entertainment. It's almost like, I don't know if it's a drought or if it's just two sides entertainment. Like you can watch it for what it's worth or you can or you can follow entertainment and like the the media weaves together a soap opera around all the real life or supposedly real life stories of all the people that we watch entertainment. And it's tragic to me. I hate that stuff. I don't like watching it. I don't like getting into it. I don't like talking about it on the podcast. Um, but it's just so much stuff you got to push by. Where I'm like, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to comment on this. I understand the situation is going on. Like one, the one thing I'll mention is like this whole Johnny Depp situation. The whole Johnny Depp situation... It's just so weird because like a year ago, it was like Johnny Depp did something bad, right? That was what everyone's saying. And I was like, Johnny Depp, you know, we don't like you. And then it was quiet 
And now it's like Johnny Depp is a hero. He's and Amber Heard is this horrible person. And if you don't believe that, then you're evil. Everyone get on Team Johnny Depp. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like if that's what happened. That's what happened. You know, it's a shame. I think for anyone to have to go through having their relationship aired out, like in the in the amount of detail that their relationship is being aired out. Obviously, it was a bad relationship. But I think we all know they're not the only persons that ever had bad relationships, right? I, I've been there. I've had some bad relationships. So that, to kind of take away from all the acting and characters that you've done, and now I had to always be talking about this ex, basically, and, and the relationship, I think that sucks. And um, I guess in that situation, I don't know. But, you know, if he, I, know he see, I think he's seeking damages. And definitely there's some damages here. If he's not what he's made out to be, then yeah, he's owed some money because this really, I think, completely sidetracked um, what Johnny Depp is known for, and there's so much media attention on it on the internet that I think it's gonna be a hard thing people forget. I think people are gonna start thinking about this as much as they thought about some of his biggest characters, and that's tragic. That's horrible, man. Um, yeah, so I don't have to. I don't want to get into much of that stuff, but there's a lot of negative stuff going on out there, and I think it's important to separate yourself from that. When I see people say things, I always mess people when they're like. Everyone's talking about this. I'm always like, who's everyone? And often people are like, uh, people on my Facebook. I'm like, and those people are. How is it two people that commented? Is it one person shared a post? What's everybody, right? I always talk about that because it becomes perception. When you're in this place and you're looking down at your screen and you're reading something, you start thinking this is what's going on in the world because that's how we look at TV, right? TV tells us the world. Now we have the phone and the phone seems like it's that window into the world. It's how you stay connected to the world. And these these stories are sometimes disproportionate to how really serious they are or how many people are actually interested in these things. I always like seeing the trending things. I always like seeing the box office numbers when movies hit, right? Somebody was saying, oh, this is this is the best movie, and everyone loves this movie. Everyone's talking about this movie. And I'm like, okay, and sometimes you look up the box office records, and, and it's right. Like Deadpool, the first time that happened, um, when there was like, everyone's talking about that movie. It's like It feels like everyone's talking about that movie, and you looked it up, and that movie made like $600 million off of a pretty small budget, yeah, everyone was talking about that movie. Everyone wanted to go see that movie. Deadpool 1 was very successful. Um, but that's not, that doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes people just think that everyone's talking about something. It just feels like that because their circle's talking about it. And they kind of blow it out of proportion. So you got to kind of step back and, and get an idea of what's really going on. So I think with some of the stuff going on now, it's a shame. You know, I try not to plug in to too much of that negativity. And really just kind of look for, like, the good things that you like about that stuff. Like, I I keep on picturing this, like, Will Smith, Chris Rock movie coming out next year, right? I really kind of hope that this ends in a good way. I don't want this to end in a bad way. Um, I don't know how to end it. I don't, I mean, definitely Chris Rock is being the bigger person and he needs to be, you know, praised and, you know, attention needs to be given to him. But I don't know how that works and I don't know if Will Smith wants to even do that and, that's a rough situation, man. I really hope it works. I, I, I've, I've read that, you know, certain things at Netflix are getting canceled. To be fair, though, if I'm really being honest, when I heard about Will Smith's projects getting canceled or shelved temporarily at Netflix, I don't think those projects are really projects that Netflix was in a rush to make. I saw Bright. Bright's okay. I thought the idea of Bright was cool, but... I didn't feel like Netflix was in a rush saying, yeah, everyone needs to see Bright 2. 
or they're going to cancel their Netflix, right? So I feel like in some ways that kind of gave them an out to be like, oh, yeah, now we can't do Bright 2, right? Because it looks like it's an expensive movie. Um, but I don't know if that's really the case. Um, Netflix, with their numbers, is always hard to tell how much of what is actually going on there. And recently, it seemed like they have made an announcement just out, uh, after the Will Smith situation that they're going to cut the production budget on some of the stuff that they're making and not make so much stuff. So I'm like, mm, okay, I don't know. You know, like a month later, that's what you guys are doing too. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't buy that, you know, Will Smith isn't going to be making movies anymore or that no one wants to do anything with him anymore. Um but it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm a big fan. I want him to do well, so I definitely can admit that perhaps I'm biased. I'm just looking forward to it. Um, you know that that kind of can segue into again talking about the art and and the business side of things. Something that I was opposite bias of, right? Like what's something that you thought was was garbage and then ended up being one of your favorite things, right? Um, someone asked me that. Um, they basically or somebody you they say like a, a rapper who's somebody you slept on. And then eventually you realize it's a great rapper. For me, it's Childish Gambino. I told the story, I think, before in the podcast. I think I told it last week. But the conversation came up again this week. And I was like, yeah, Childish Gambino, I didn't think at first he was anybody. I paid him no attention. And then when I finally sat down and listened to his music, um, I really, really liked him. And to be honest, I started listening to his music because I saw him on Community. So when I liked his character on Community, they made me like him as an actor. And then I was interested in his other things. I was like, oh, he does music? And I got into him then. Um, but yeah, so like that, that was the gateway into that. The other thing is a game I never talked about before on the podcast, but it's been out for five years. It's called Elder Scrolls Online. Now, if you don't know me, you don't know something personal about me. Um, I used to ask myself these kind of questions. Like if I had to get rid of everything, if I could have just one thing, right? If I, if it's watching movies, listening to music or, you know, what kind of music, if it's one entertainment thing, I would hope it would be. Fallout, Fallout 3, Fallout 4, any of the Fallout games, hopefully Fallout 4, um, or Skyrim, or hopefully both, right? But they're both Bethesda RPGs, action RPGs, open world RPGs. I don't care what any gamer says. I will fight them all to the death. Any gamer that talks trash and says anything negative for one second about Bethesda RPGs, they're, 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 they're treasonous. And they should be executed on the spot, right? We don't need those gamers, right? I don't care. Those games are not even games. They are they are completely open world situations. You can play those games a million times over. And then with the add-on of mods, if you're on the PC or on the Xbox or the extra DLC, they just put out more DLC for those games. Um, for Skyrim, Skyrim I think is like seven years old. They put out like an anniversary DLC or something like that. I don't know how old Skyrim is actually. Maybe maybe it's ten years old. Um, that game still holds up. That game can still be the best game of the month, any month of the year, because you can do anything in these games. It seems like at least there's so many stories as you role play through the world that you can end up coming up with so many combinations and ways you can go about it. Um, they're not even video games. They're for for sixty dollars. There's nothing else like it, right? Um, no Man's Sky, I think, has has become surprisingly a really good game. Also, again, sixty dollars, forty dollars. But it's not even fair comparing them because No Man's Sky is a game you can play over and over and over and over again, which makes it almost like a tool. It's almost a simulator of some sort, right? A world you can go into. However, No Man's Sky doesn't really have much of a story at all, 
where Fallout and Elder Scrolls let you kind of play and make your own story as you go along. Um, so they came out with a game called Elder Scrolls Online. And when I first tried this five years ago, I bought the initial game. It felt like a cash grab. It was basically World of Warcraft, but it looked like Elder Scrolls. And it was this weird in-between thing. And I, I did not like it. I was not a fan of it. Um, I was wildly disappointed because it was just World of Warcraft. It looked like Elder Scrolls. And um, yeah, you can tell by the tone of my voice how off-putting it was. So, like five years go by. I don't pay much attention to it. I think I popped my head in once or twice to look at it again. But I was like, oh, it's still World of Warcraft, so why do I care? And most recently, I don't remember. I think it was a commercial I seen on Facebook or something like that where they said you can customize houses. And the odd thing about that is you could customize houses in World of Warcraft like the fifth year in also, right? And I actually bought the expansion pack for World of Warcraft um, when they were announcing that they were going to have some more customization. And for me, what World of Warcraft was, was cool about it was you kind of can make up your own stories as you played, and you, but there's was a lot of fighting. The game was really based on fighting. There wasn't much role-playing or RPG, like if you living in this world, creating things, being there. I'm always into like the story. I like writing stories. So I always like the story aspect of it coming up with your own stories and using this game kind of as a tool to do that. Um, World of Warcraft didn't have that. But when I heard that they were going to let you start building your own houses or something like that, I was like, oh, I bought this expansion. And they did this thing where, like, oh, if you buy it now, if like you pre-order it, we'll give you, like, a token to make one of your characters, like, maximum strength, so you can make, like, a different character you never you played. And then, like, have them be, like, really high level so you can go try, like, a whole different way to play World of Warcraft. And I played World of Warcraft on and off with my friends for like four or five years. Just, again, on occasion, a month or two I played, turn it off for a long time. So that was appealing to me to make a new character immediately and try them out. And I did. And I never played ever again. <laughs> I never once installed that game I paid full price for. It came out like eight months later. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing in life. I had moved on to something else. I wasn't even... I don't think I had a computer, actually. So... Yeah, I think that was like, I feel like that was like six, seven years ago, 10 years ago. It could have been, I don't know. I, honestly, it could have been 10 years ago. I never played it. And I'm surprised that World of Warcraft is still online. I've never logged back in to play it again. Um, but hearing the Elder Scrolls Online had this, like, you know, you can customize your houses and do these things. I was like, okay, well, that that might seem like there's a little more role-playing aspect to it. And they've added like six or seven DLCs to it now. So I'm thinking, well, maybe it's less World of Warcraft. Maybe it's been fleshed out more into its own world. One of the coolest things that they did, which I've never seen happen in a video game before, and that's why I'm mentioning it in the art and business you know, portion of the podcast, is it's a different game. It's made by a different company, but it's published by Bethesda, so they do technically own it. And in their game, they let you go to the place that's in Elder Scrolls 4 and 5. And it's so weird. It's so weird to be in a different video game and go to a place from another video game because everything about it is different. Like, the map is different. The camera's different. But, like, it's the same, though. Like, the map is the same. You could tell that they, like, measured. Like, well, you know, there's this many inches from, like, the road to the house and stuff. They made the map the same. It's the same map. But you're playing this map that you're familiar with, but you're inside a different video game. The camera's different, your character moves different, the horses move different, so the world is different. 
It's like if you woke up tomorrow in your neighborhood, but like you are now like a different person almost. Like you like you like walked around. I don't know. It's hard to describe the sensation. I've never seen this before. Where like um I can't is there's no way to accurately I uh, here's one. So like you play you ever see you play Mario Brothers, right? You go back and forth and there's like turtles on the level and mushrooms. Well imagine if you could play Mario Brothers one with Sonic the Hedgehog, where like now he's running quickly through that level, but you still can like bounce and hit things and it makes the same sound effects you expect. But you're playing as Sonic the Hedgehog inside Mario One. There's probably someone online who's made that mod. Uh, that's just how the world works nowadays. You can just think of something and someone's probably already done it by now. Um, but yeah, so like you're playing a, the same game, but it's a different game because you're inside of a different game. Super weird. But Elder Scrolls Online is phenomenal. I think at this point it's free, or I think you get to buy the base game, which is like 20 bucks at this point. Um, and you get access to like all the DLCs except for the last one. The last one you can pay for, or you can wait. When they make the next DLC, then that previous one will become free. Um, which gives you, like, I think someone had described it like a year's worth of content. There's so, and there's voice acting. There's so much story that you can get into. It's just crazy. But for me, what was cool was it created that world where, like, now you can go to places from other games. You can go to the place from Skyrim 5. I believe you can go to the place from Skyrim 4. Um, and then there's, you know, some other areas that have been teased. that you Oh, Marowind, I think, is from Scar, Skyrim 3. Um, yeah, and but then there are also these new areas. And that helped me a lot kind of get more into it because at first it felt like it's a generic fantasy thing because they make up some new place you've never been in any of the games. These characters seem all made up. It doesn't feel like Elder Scrolls. It's, it's technically not Elder Scrolls. It's a whole other game engine that you're playing inside of. So I felt like this is just World of Warcraft, but it looks like Elder Scrolls. But when I'm actually in the places from Elder Scrolls, I'm hearing the characters and they're talking about those towns I have visited before, but I'm in a different video game in that same town. You know, another example, I guess, would be like if you play a Spider-Man game, typically you're in New York. But there's other games like Grand Theft Auto that take place in New York. This is often that you go to New York in different video games and you are familiar with New York, but the game is completely different. So this is one of those situations where now you're going to towns, it's fictional towns, but now I'm going again as in a different video game to this fictional town that I've already been to before. And it looks exactly the same. Star Wars does this all the time with Tatooine, but Tatooine is always slightly different, and it's just a sand planet, so who cares? It's just sand, and then there's some, like, brick buildings. I never, I don't remember, it's, you, it's, you can't remember what Tatooine looks like. You don't remember what the layout is Tatooine. I'm pretty sure every game they change it, and they don't even care, so it's just a different generic planet, right? But I can't think of any other game that has an iconic place that they created and let you go back to visit it over and over again. So if you have a console that can play Elder Scrolls Online, I think it's on PC, Xbox, and PS4. Um, if you look at a trailer, I always say that, check it out. Look at a trailer if you think, yeah, I would like to try like a Sword and Shield kind of game. It's definitely a game to try. Um, it, I think it's pretty cheap, you know, $20 to play. And then you can play the game. And if you want to, there's like a, a pass for like 15 bucks a month where you get, like, you know, extra storage and some extra benefits and stuff. But I say play it, you know, just try it out at first. And if you like it, then, you know, you obviously decide. If you have money and you want to, you know, invest in those things, um, then go ahead and give it a try. But Elder Scrolls Online, so much story, so much art, so many imaginative worlds. Those things sometimes I think are fun because they inspire me. They let you start thinking of all kinds of creative things. Like, I did one story where... 
um, this, these guys are trying to blow up a village and they had done so by getting into this like escape like path. Um, and they did it because one of the people that were loyal to the village told them about it, but they didn't mean to tell them it in like a mischievous way, but it kind of ended up creating this big problem. And then you come in and have to solve it. And I like that because this is a different kind of story than I expected. It was very satisfying. It's that one story. Just playing through that one storyline, I think, took two hours. It was very enjoyable. Um, you, I got to go to, again, different areas. And that, that town we're talking about, in the other game, you don't go underneath into these tunnels. So that was kind of added on. So I felt like it expanded on the game I already knew. Um, and then from that story standpoint, like I, I can think of those concepts like, okay, here's a story about, um, you know, good people and bad guys come to, like, you know, take advantage of them. And one of their own accidentally is at fault. So they didn't mean to tell them, but they actually at fault. So you're kind of looking for, like, who's the snitch? Who's the rat? And then when you find out who the person is, you're not really mad at them because you realize they didn't, they, didn't mean, they didn't mean, you know, a negative thing. It just became a negative thing. So you can't, like, even go out and get that revenge on the snitch because they didn't really snitch. Um, I think that's, a, it was a, it was again, a cool story. You could take those core elements and then, transpose that into another story and think, well, how can I put that in a more modern situation or how can I apply that to my characters? I think it's always fun when you get to try these things. And again, for a low price, I think it's on sale. I think sometimes you can, you've seen Elder Scrolls Online for sale for $5 or $10. Um, but I think normally it costs 20 which I feel like is pretty cheap for a game where it's literally going to give you hundreds of hours of content, even if you don't play. That's why I'm, I'm at that place now where I'm not monogamous with my video games. I will buy a game install it and play it for four or five hours one night and that's it i, I paid 120 dollars. i'm never gonna stop saying that i paid 120 dollars to see Sonic the hedgehog at two in theaters with my family after tickets and just basic seeming like basic food one of the most expensive two hours i ever spent money on so if a game is a hundred dollars nowadays and i can play that game whenever i want for the next few months that's a value that's it's an incredible value um, oh my God, to go see tickets for, for, for Dr. Strange, I see theaters selling tickets for $21. I don't want to be that old guy, but this, this, is this word, if this is what we're doing as a society, this is going to be my place. People get upset about gas prices. I don't care too much about gas prices, even though I have to admit at this point, gas is getting pretty expensive. I haven't complained this entire time, but I'm in Jersey at four fifty dollars a tank. It's pretty much double it's about like a it's like a uh two hundred and twenty percent increase I think about on 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 prices right now for gas, um that's really high and if they're gonna keep it at that, that's actually pretty surprising. I've been I've been annoyed by people complaining about gas prices this whole time. I'm like who cares? You know, you guys are gonna go buy a cheeseburger or something like that. Like you you don't need the extra five dollars. Just buy some gas. At this point, I'm not, like, real mad about it, but I am starting to get a little worried. I'm like, okay, now, these, these prices are pretty ridiculous now. Um, and I feel like a lot of times when these situations happen, then the gas companies just stay that price. They're like, we're not going to go back down. You guys obviously can live and, and figure out how to do with this stuff. But, um, yeah, I can definitely see people, you know, making that whole move to get electric cars in the future because stuff like that. But whatever. Don't want to get too much into that. But, yeah, movie prices. Do you see Doctor Strange? Some theaters had, like, three different style theaters too, which I'm not sure how I felt about that. I feel like if I want to go see Dr. Strange, I don't want to see the lesser one. So I want to see the best one, but then their best one, how, how best is it? Right. $21 to watch the movie one time 
just for one person. That's why I'm going by myself, mainly, right? I'm like, I don't want to take my whole family. It's just eighty dollars for us to get through the door. But um, I, I think the one like theater said like the the seats vibrate with the sound. I don't think I ever experienced that. I mean, my I have a surround sound in my house, and that kind of makes your chair vibrate. So I don't know how much does it matter if my chair really vibrates. You know, I don't know. This is a weird thing. And then like the second class was basically IMAX, which used to be the best. That I think was like seventeen dollars. I'm like, okay. And then like the regular like cheapo theater is fifteen, which I feel like is still really high, especially when you're advertising it to me as the cheapo theater inside your theater. This is one location. And then I go to other theaters and their prices are across the board and had different names for their things. So I'm like, wait a second, if I'm looking at AMC, is there is their very best the very best, or is it as good as the second best at, at Regal? Um, and then where is their last one at, right? Some of these theaters are small. Some of them were big, but they were the same prices. So this doesn't make any sense. The movie theater system is so horrible. I can't believe it's gotten this bad. So, yeah, man, when it comes to video games, I'll gladly drop 30 bucks on Fortnite since they're constantly giving me free content. I Like I said, I turned the game on today. Star Wars is invading Fortnite. I didn't pay for that. I didn't authorize these changes. It was already installed. The game already changed. Why not go in there and fool around for a little bit? That cost me nothing, right? So I love investing in a company like that. I believe as a consumer, when you buy things, if the company shows that they put this money back into their product, which Fortnite obviously does, um, I love investing and buying stuff for them. I buy stuff for them all the time. I feel like when you buy stuff from them, I cannot play the game. I come back six months, a year later, and it's all this new stuff, and I can just go in and just keep playing with it. And I really appreciate when a company does that, I feel like there's a lot of companies out there that don't do that. Last thing I mentioned on the podcast, I guess, is I'm hearing a rumor that Watch Dogs might get shelved by Ubisoft. And that is, that's it's so disappointing. Um, there was a lot of disappointing games came out before COVID, right? I think that was 2020, December of 2020. Cyberpunk, don't even want to talk about it because... For whatever good thing that game has, I don't care. It's just, it's you know, doing one good thing, doing two good things doesn't make up for the fact that, that game is nothing but missed potential. And that it's been over a year, I think it's been about a year and a year and a half. They've done no updates that are not noteworthy. I think someone mentioned like they put like an extra free jacket in the game. I'm like, get out of my face. Again, you see games, studios like No Man's Sky rebuilding, having a horrible launch, rebuilding, coming back to be one of the best games ever. Other games like Fortnite coming in there, making making changes constantly. And Cyberpunk made a ton of money. I believe they brought in $200 million in like two months. So they got the money to update stuff. That is just a horrible company. Um, I heard they're making the next Witcher. I don't care. Um, you know, they have done none of the updates to Cyberpunk they said they were going to do, whatever. So I'm not going to get much into that. But the other game was Watch Dog Legions. And Watch Dogs Legion is one of those rare situations where it was a AAA game, and they actually wanted to have some new kind of concepts that weren't in regular games. They were experimenting in it. In that game, you could recruit any NPC in the city and make them part of your Legion, and they could die, and they wouldn't be there. And I hadn't seen that feature like that since a video game on the computer called Syndicate. It then came out in 1993. And that game was cool because... You could recruit people to your your hitman squad, but you also could use this technology called like a persuasive gun, and you can you can like force people to join your squad. But then when they came back to your base, you could put like cybernetic parts in them, 
and make them into like these like mindless basically soldiers that work for you. But same thing, if you went on a mission and messed up and died, your characters died. So in the company, you would actually invest money into your character um, and invest like skills to train them. When they went on missions, they got better. And when they died, they really died. And back in 93 on a computer, there was no game doing like that. Like that was a really serious uh, aspect to having your video game. But it was so cool that you could, you know, you would be like, oh man, I messed up. But you're, overall as a company, your company had grown, you had made more money, you had developed some better kind of, you know, technology. So now you got to hopefully you have at least one person left. You got to go out there and recruit more people and rebuild your army that way. So Watch Dog Legions had all this potential. It seemed like they were going to have a season pass. They were going to have an online mode. They had bright characters, but unlike Fortnite, they looked more realistic. They looked like things that you could fit into like a John Wick universe. They even had a whole assassin character that was very John Wick-like. So I'm thinking, man, they're going to kill it. They're going to come out with season pass. They're going to have all these cool items. And unlike Grand Theft Auto, which is pretty much Fast and the Furious, the game, this is going to be more like a John Wick or, you know, more up close and personal kind of game. They had trailers that looked like John Wick. As a like, man, anybody can be an assassin, which is kind of the thing in John Wick. But, you know, if you know how to fight and your guy is cool, they might look like anybody. And then when you're out in the world and you're playing with people online, you might not know who this person was. They had a mode already like that in the old Watch Dogs where you would go online and it'd be a hacker trying to hack you. And you didn't know who the other player was necessarily, um, but you had to look around to see who's acting suspicious, who's following you, like who's like really tailing you. And it was an interesting way of trying to catch who the bad guy was. This all carries over from Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, which had one of the best multiplayer games ever, where you guys will all be in a simulator and your character, there'd be a bunch of characters look like your character, and you only could move the same way the NPCs could move. Um, and they would, the NPCs would sometimes, like, you know, like, do a sporadic run and stuff like that. So you never knew who the real assassin was until someone killed you. And it created an amazing game loop that felt satisfying, where you really be watching a character and you think, I think that's the guy trying to kill me. And then he walk up behind you in broad daylight because you realize you're following the wrong character. It kind of plays that whole, like, um, that little ball when you have, like, the three cups and you're trying to move the ball around. You got to follow the cup with your eye. And, but you don't know which one even had the, the ball, right? So it's an extra layer there. But Assassin's Creed Brotherhood, you'd be playing and thinking you're following someone, and you're just following a computer character who looks like who you're following. And the actual person would be you know, someone else who might jump off from a ceiling and jump down and kill you. An amazing game. I don't know why Assassin's Creed Brotherhood isn't still online and why Ubisoft didn't keep making that game. They could be selling millions of character skins and... All this stuff, and I think that game was wildly popular. They don't do that for some reason. Um, and then Watch Dogs are hearing that they might cancel it and they might not make it anymore. So after three of them, and them trying to get into the Grand Theft Auto urban space kind of thing, the games don't have the same kind of polish that Grand Theft Auto has. It doesn't, the worlds don't feel as real as Grand Theft Auto. They have some things that make it feel kind of unique, but it's not the same when it comes to their cars and everything. But I hope that this you can go around kind of doing anything you want to. Um, and then, you know, again, having these characters and all these different looks, I thought that would be the selling point for it. But I think the hacker thing, I think the hacker angle people don't care about. I don't think enough people care about hackers. I think a lot of people understand what hacking is. And it's not, you know, what it is in Watch Dogs. You, don't, you can't press a button on your phone, like take over, 
you know, the traffic lights. I don't know if people even care about that. I think a lot of times in this situation, people would rather just shoot people, run over their cars, the more standard things you do in Grand Theft Auto. So I think watchdogs need to step away from that. I think the story is too serious. Um, it's too much about this hacking thing. Again, I don't think people care enough about that. So maybe maybe they'll make another urban game, another open world game. Hopefully they do. I would like to see them continue with the Legion's concept. Um, but maybe they have to get away from this whole cyberpunk, computer-esque thing. Maybe there's just not enough people who want to do that, at least the way they're doing it. Maybe they need to go to a more... I feel like if they came out with another game, it wasn't called Watch Dogs, and it was just something more like Saints Row and Grand Theft Auto, you're instantly going to be... Kids are going to listen. Because being in the more urban, just shooting each other, doing what it is that happens in the city, drugs, crime... That just makes sense to people. I feel like Ubisoft is more of a family company. They kind of like try to like not go that route maybe. Um, maybe they should just do that and just try to do that the best way that you can. I know there's a new Saints Row game coming out. That looks good. Um, so maybe this is time for Ubisoft. Maybe they're looking at Saints Row saying, you know what? We need to we need to revamp this. And um, maybe they got to stop calling it Watchdogs. So it's just a rumor. But if they are canceling the Watchdogs franchise, then maybe that's it. Just like how the Assassin's Creed's characters show up in other things, they could just cancel it, make a you know another urban game, and then put out a DLC pack with Watchdog characters and and costumes and stuff, and then those hardcore fans can then just purchase that or something like that, you know, and then use that stuff in this other game. Uh, maybe you could still have the hacking and stuff like that if you wanted to. Personally, when I play those games though, I don't think the hacking is that engaging. I don't really use it that much. A lot of times in those games, you end up like playing with the drones or like the little like bots that crawl around because it's easier. Um, it gives you kind of an unfair advantage over the NPCs. So it's not really what you signed up for. Like you think you want to play a game where you're running around shooting people, but then you're like you're like playing as a remote control car, remote control like you know airplane the whole time, which isn't really that cool. You know, at least not in long periods of time. But it sometimes makes no sense to going there guns blazing when you can just, you know, use this, like, flying machine gun and you just, like, shoot everybody with a drone. Why would I go in here and risk myself guns blazing, you know? So maybe they have to just change the way they're approaching that. But yeah, those are the things I think I want to talk about this week. A lot of fun things going on, I think, art and entertainment. Um, you know, a lot of good games, a lot of good movies, almost too much stuff to really get in there and enjoy. New games are out this month for the PlayStation uh fifa and i think dead gods is like a roguelike game that i hear is on there um tribes of midgard is another free game and then always remember your unreal assets are going to be available around the 8th right so about four or five more days load up your unreal engine go ahead to the epic store add those free assets you may not want them now but you may want them in a year from now or two years from now you start making your video game or making your virtual movie or doing a photo shoot you will be surprised how useful this stuff will be. Um, like I said in one of the podcasts a few weeks ago, I think I have about three thousand dollars worth of assets then in my free account already. Um, is no, it hurts. It takes one second to add it stuff, add it to it. You never use it. Who cares? It's just really zero reason not to be building up this category, this catalog. Um, but yeah, I mean, back in the day, if someone was handing out Microsoft Office or Windows for free, getting those keys for three hundred bucks and stuff like that, that was that was something that was expensive. Um, you don't want to have to do that. I believe as you go into a more digital world and it's more easier to use these kind of assets, 
that people are going to be kicking themselves when they realize what I could have had how much stuff I could have had cities, clothes, cars, weapons, swords, all this stuff could have been for free, top of the line quality, you know, visually looking stuff. Instead, now I got to pay $40 for every pack, $50 for every pack. Why do it? Just add the stuff for free right now. Um, Epic makes new stuff free every month. And um, yeah, there's just really no reason not to be adding that stuff to your library. But that's Sammy Ride for this week. I hope you guys are having a great week. You guys take care. Keep it moving. Peace. (laughs) Peace.